Welcome to Marvel Studios News. My name is Sean Gerber. In a moment, I'll be joined by Paul Herman for episode 100 of our show. But before we get into this week's topics, I have some folks to thank. So thank you very much to CFAN817, Brian Hind or Hindi, Michael Anderson, and Brianna or Brianna Clark. They are the latest patrons over at patreon.com slash Marvel Studios News, which means they have access to exclusive content from our podcast that is not available anywhere else. We have different tiers available that include things like Patreon credit scenes where we take an episode like this one and then we discuss an additional topic. So we go over more of our spoiler thoughts on Daredevil Season 3 this week. Those are available for just a dollar a month, but we do... Uh, there are multiple Q&A episodes each week. There's a daily show called The Daily Bugle every Monday through Friday. And our patrons who have access to our exclusive content, they get their own private RSS link that you can put into a podcatcher like Apple Podcasts. So you can get those shows plus the main show, everything in one feed. You don't have to track down your Marvel Studios news podcast content in multiple places and you can find out more information about all the different tiers we have available and again that's at marvelstudiosnews.com now for episode 100 of our show paul and i are just going to go down memory lane a little bit we're going to talk about our history in podcasting our history as marvel fans and of course we'll be having some people to thank including you our wonderful and loyal listeners now one last note before we get on with the show Make sure you keep up with us every day on our website, marvelstudiosnews.com, and on the various social media sites, Facebook and Instagram at Marvel Studios News, and on Twitter at Marvel Newscast. So now let's go ahead and get on with episode 100 of Marvel Studios News. For the 100th time, it's actually more than 100 when you go back to our entire podcast canon, but specifically for this show, for the 100th time, Paul Herman, how's it going? Wow, 100 times over, uh, you know, it's been it's been an off and on, you know, last couple of years of, of, you know, we'll go through the hiatuses. Yeah, uh, this is know? episode 100. You should be able to hit 100 less every, like slightly less than two years because you should get 52 shows a year. <laughs> so Yeah, that's been about three, three and a half years. Yeah, we launched in 2015 in the buildup to Avengers Age of Ultron and we were pretty consistent for a while and then we had a hiatus. It was really 2017 was the big one mm -hmm. uh, where we only did a couple of shows and then we came back strong because actually I think... When we came back this year with The Road to Infinity War for Iron Man, I believe that was episode 55, somewhere oh, around wow. there. So we, I think, yeah, we had 54, I think, coming into this year. So of the 100, nearly half of them have all happened this year. This year it's actually gone as it's supposed to, for the most ah. part. I know we've missed uh, a week here or there, but for the most part, we've, we've stuck to being weekly. Um, mm -hmm. But what's really crazy, though, is like done... I think 46 episodes of the main show. There have already been over 100 episodes of the Daily Bugle over on the Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> there, You're insane. There have probably been like 50 or close to it Q&A episodes and, and other things. So, yeah, I think I think we've done like total, whether it was you and I or just me, I think total it's been like over 200 <laughs> things like or or close to it. It's probably or probably at least over 150. Yeah, it's been a lot of it's been a no, actually no doing the math that should be over 200 
podcast episodes in some form, whether it be on this main feed or over on the Patreon. So suffice to say, you get a lot over at patreon.com slash Marvel Studios News. That's right. That's right. Uh, but what we want to talk about for this 100th episode, we're just going to be super selfish about it and talk about us. So yes. give you a chance to get to know us a little bit, although I think you, everyone got a chance to get to know us at least a bit during the Road to Infinity War. We were talking about where we were at the time, what we were doing, who we saw the movie with, where we saw each of these films for the first time. So we're not going to try and rehash all of those stories but uh, just to give you a little bit of history for the podcast, because I know we have a lot of people who only joined us uh, this year. Uh, we got some attention from the Road to Infinity War. Some of you may have gone back and listened to some older episodes. If not, that's okay. I'm not offended. Paul might be a little bit, but he'll get oh, over yeah. it. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, so in around 2015, I mean, Paul, you and I had been podcasting since Thor on, wow. in 2011. So mm. around what? Well, I know that movie came out in May, uh, mm-hmm. but did you were you on the show before that? I think you might. Yeah, have been. I was. Yeah. I was. I was on. <clears throat> I remember. Oh, the and the first... show, by the way, is Modern Myth Media, not yes. uh, Marvel News. Not Marvel. No, not Marvel. I think I was on the first episode. I was on with you, Sean. You and it was you and Brad. It was the three of us, mm-hmm. and we were going over a Deadpool um, topic, like. Um, they talked about how Deadpool might actually get made still, mm. still be in the works. And I was like, yeah, that's, and I remember like being, I remember, I remember, it I remember only being, took five more years for that movie well, to come out. <laughs> yeah. I remember being so nervous for my mm. first time going on, you know, a, a actual podcast with other people that I didn't know because I had done like my own podcast with people that I knew, mm-hmm. like a music podcast and I remember when I when I when I sent the show over to you, kind of you know pitch myself for people who don't know. I I, I was a, obviously a huge Marvel fan, and I knew Sean through Batman on Film, mm-hmm. and I loved Batman on Film podcast. I thought everyone was great. Sean and Sean was the host of that show, and then I obviously found out Modern Myth Media, his your site and your show through that for Batman on Film. And I'm like, oh, there, he's doing the Marvel stuff, which is cool because. Iron Man had just come out um, the year before, I well, a think. A couple years before. Yeah, yeah, yeah before the, that. Yeah, the Modern Myth Media podcast launched in March 2011. Uh, so actually both Iron Man films had already been out by then. So it was just, it was right. in, yeah. in that buildup. I mean, I I got my start with Batman on film. That was the first place I was ever like formally doing it besides posting on message boards and all that crap that I had already been doing for like 10 years. Um, but started formally writing about this stuff, I think like 2006, 2007, I started writing articles. And then in August of 2008, we started recording episodes for the Batman on film podcast. That was, uh, it was something that, uh, I didn't really know what, I mean, podcasting, I was pretty new to the, the idea of even what it was, but, uh, you know, I had been coming around to it and listening to some shows and I really liked the format and then I noticed on Batman on film that there was a link or it wasn't actually a link. There was an icon there that said podcast. And I was like, what's up with that? And uh, and then Brad and I used to chat all the time. B- the BOF message board had a chat room we would go in. And so it was always Brad and myself and then other people would come and go. But Brad and I were just always chatting forever. It'd be late at night for me, but it'd be like middle of the day for him because he's in Australia and uh, we started the, uh, and then I asked him, I was like, hey, do you know 
what Bill or Jet, as people know, is going to do with this podcast. And he's like, oh, that was actually something that I pitched to him. I said he should have a podcast. And I was like, and what happened? He's like, well, I don't know. It's been a couple months. And then I was like, well, why don't we just, why don't we just do it? And um, so we reached out to Bill and Bill was uh, up for it. And so, uh, but, but he actually couldn't end up making the first recording sessions. I mean, the first ever episode of the Batman on Film podcast, you hear Bill on it. Uh, but, but it wasn't actually the first one we recorded. We recorded a couple of other episodes in, uh, in advance. So that was how, uh, I got started with podcasting and that was with, uh, Brad. And then of course, uh, John Beerley, Chris Clow, other people that you've heard on this show. John Beerley has been on this show. Chris Clow has been on this show. Uh, that was how I, we, it got started and how I got to know those guys. And then, a lot of people knew me as a DC guy and a, as a Batman guy because that was where I got my start with Batman on film, but I had always been a fan of both Marvel and DC, and so with Marvel really starting, and I was getting really excited about the MCU because Iron Man had been so good, and I was like, this thing's about to really blow up, and I don't want to just be on a show called Batman on film. I want to have a show where I can cover and talk about all this stuff because I don't just love Batman. Uh, and then, uh, contrary to popular opinion at the time, I didn't just love Batman. And contrary to popular opinion now, I don't just love Marvel. Uh, but um, so we started the show and with Modern Myth Media. And then, yeah, I think I had recorded with Brad at that point. I can't remember if Chris had been on the show yet or not. Um, and John, of course, was on the show not long after Paul debuted there because I was basically bringing over the people I've been working with on the Batman on Film podcast. And then Paul reached out and he sent me an email just saying, Hey, like, you know, if you want like a Marvel presence on the show, like I'm, you know, I know I'm a Marvel zombie and he sent, but Paul did what nobody else ever does. Like I've had a bunch of people email me and ask me to be on a podcast with me, but Paul actually included a link to a show he had done, which really helps because if I'm going to have somebody come on a show that I'm trying to produce, then it helps to know what they actually sound like on a podcast. And so uh, Paul sent the link and I listened to it and I was like, he sounds pretty good. And <laughs> that was it. Like, honestly, it was, it was that simple. Because, uh, and I mean, at the time, like Modern Myth Media, like, I mean, not that it ever blew up and became this massive thing, but, you know, we were just starting the show. We didn't even know exactly what it was going to become just yet. Uh, it didn't have a total idea for what we were going to do. But, um, as it was going, I was like, well, I definitely wanted, I knew I wanted to have new voices. I didn't want it to just be the BOF podcast with, you know, repackaged and talking about different stuff. I wanted to have different voices come in. And then Paul was the first person who, who had listened to our show and, and reached out and sent the link. And I was like, okay, sounds good enough to me. And you know, the rest, <laughs> the rest is history. <laughs> well, it, it's crazy because I remember, I have a weird memory. I remember emailing you that link. I was at work just kind of fiddling around and I said, you know what? I really want to do, po I love, you know, I love talking about this stuff, obviously. And I just said, you know what? I love his shows and I, I love, everyone seems really cool. I'm just going to send him a link. And if he's like, if he thinks it's all right, cool. And I just kind of forgot about it. And I remember you and you finally e uh, emailed me back. I was like, oh, no way. That's cool. And then I just remember that first show just being so goddamn nervous and just being like, oh, God, I want to sound like an idiot. Oh, my God. And but, you know, that's the thing. You guys were very, very welcoming to me. And, and was it was so awesome being, you know, what you guys had me on a regular basis. It was it was a blast. And, you know, 
because that time in my life was just kind of a, it was a real transition part because uh a couple months after our Thor show, I would eventually ask my wife to marry me. And I remember having the Captain America show after we got back. I think you guys waited for me. Or no, no. I, I might have done a show in the hotel room, uh, actually. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't remember where you were when we recorded. But yeah, I know we were We were a little late on the Captain America one. Yeah, yeah, because I was I, – I know I recorded one show – in a hotel room, I think I think that that time I, I proposed my wife, not the same same day or night, but <laughs> during that trip, during that trip. Will you marry me? Great. Hold Great. on. <laughs> Hold on a second. I got I got to talk about Marvel. Hold Comics. on. I got to go talk about Cap. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. It was because I think. Yeah, because I think we we talked about it. We I remember uh, telling my wife because she's a heavy sleeper. I'm like, once you fall asleep, I'll just be very quiet and you'll be fine. So I had my laptop and everything. So. I remember doing the show from a hotel room during our when mm. I during the, tr- the vacation that I proposed to my wife on, and uh, but yeah no it was it was crazy because I podcasts were just starting to kind of break out mm-hmm. you know or at, at that time, and I I really wanted to do something I was inspired by so many different podcasts at that time like uh, a podcast that I still listen to a lot of is Views from a Long Box Michael Bailey. I loved, loved his format, which was just basically him doing whatever the hell he wanted and just talking about comic books and comic book characters or car or, or uh, cards or, you know, like those those Marvel cards or whatever from the 90s or whatever. So it was so crazy because I just I just wanted to do something like that where I could have people where I could just like have this outlet because I've been reading comics for like a long time. So it was it was it was so nice to have that outlet and that Sean gave me that opportunity to do that because it was this crazy. I just I really wanted to get that side of me out because I loved it. And when I at the time I was doing mostly like a lot of uh, music stuff. I was in a band. I was in two bands. I was doing a podcast in two bands when I when I got on the show, Sean, two bands. And that's a lot. <laughs> and I'll never forget just being so busy, but looking forward to doing the show, like, you know, so many times, but just being extremely busy. Yeah. Well, what a lot of people don't realize, you know, behind the scenes of those days, especially is uh, most of the time we were recording on Friday night because, uh, and that was really just to work with, uh, Brad's schedule because again, mm -hmm. Brad was depending on what time of year it was. He was either like what, 17 or 18 hours ahead of us, depending on like daylight (laughs) savings or whatever. So, (laughs) He was always way ahead of us. So, yeah, our Friday evenings were his Saturday afternoons. And what was so much fun about that, it's there's the shows you hear, but then there's the shows that you'll never hear because we would get together and it would be, you know, you, me, Brad, John and Chris and whoever else was was joining. And then we'd just be talking and we would go for hours (sighs) We'd be just laughing and chat. We would basically re- talk about the entire show or have an entire show by talking about all the same stuff we were about to talk about anyway, but we hadn't even <laughs> hit record yet and just laughing and having fun. And then we would stop recording and we'd be online talking for two hours anyway, <laughs> you know, like after we were recording. That would happen all the time when we were when we were doing the shows. And it was... But that was the thing is like, that's how a lot of like friendships formed. I mean, some of these guys, you know, I had already formed friendships with through the Batman on film podcast, but 
it certainly reached another level. That's what I love most about modern myth media is the way, you know, the way I became friends with people, the way other people that I was friends with, and then like they came together and they became friends with each other. Like there were so many yeah. cool relationships that were born of, uh, of modern myth media slash the Batman on film podcast and just my experience mm -hmm. online. That's why it's so fun. I was thinking about this today. Like, you know, there's so much negativity around the internet and social media, and there's a lot of it that's deserved. But when I also think about the positive ways that it's brought people together and the way it's allowed all of us, you know, collectively to share this experience of fandom, which I know some people have abused that privilege and that really, really sucks. Uh, but for those of us who've tried to be as positive as we can about it, and I'm not saying I'm, my track record is perfect online, but, um, <laughs> you know, but it's the, I think the positives have largely outweighed the negatives. I mean, there are without, the internet without podcasting without this stuff that i'm a fan of whether it's marvel or dc or star wars or whatever i mean there are friends i have today that i would not have without these you know without these things without these things that i'm a fan mm -hmm. of and without uh you know a vehicle like the internet and uh and the medium of podcasting that really helped bring uh you know bring a lot of us together and that's yeah. you know some of the stuff that I I, tr I treasure most about it and it's also like my favorite compliment that we've ever gotten over the years and we've had it a few times and I actually just got it recently um mm. when I was at LA Comic Con and and uh and whenever somebody approaches and says you know or just posts a comment on iTunes or wherever and and then says you know I just feel like I'm hanging out with my friends talking about mm. my favorite stuff that's the kind of compliment that means the world Amen. to me because that is it's, it's always been exactly what we're doing um <laughs> and and Paul like you know I, the reason I love working with Paul on this show is because Paul does like what I can't do like I can't get out of my own analytical brain sometimes and <laughs> like you know <laughs> I'll go into a detailed long-winded breakdown of why I like the thing that I like and Paul will be the guy who just be like yeah it's awesome like <laughs> you know yeah, I'm, uh, yeah. Paul's yeah, I'm some... <laughs> yeah, but no, but your enthusiasm is is exactly. I mean, it's exactly what modern myth media needed. It's exactly what this show needs, and you know, and, oh, and I love you to death. So it doesn't. I even love you too, man. It doesn't even matter what you bring to it, but Aww. you do. But you do bring it on on the show, and like, and that was kind of like we had the years of doing modern myth media, and then. I was like, man, what would it, but modern myth media became like a very difficult thing to do. And it wasn't for, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't anybody's fault. It was just, you know, like it, people got busy, people were doing other stuff. And, and it was, uh, and so I was like, oh man, what are we going to, I didn't really know what was going to happen with modern myth media at the time. I was still doing shows, but it was harder to do them consistently because even though, I created the show and I was hosting the show. I know the the show was still known for the group. It wasn't just like it wasn't about me. It was about the group and the group, uh, you know, wasn't always available. And again, that's not me criticizing the group. That's just the reality of life is that people oh, had yeah. other things happening, other new opportunities and everything. And it, and it was working out. And plus, a lot of stuff was changing for for me as well. And then I just I wanted to have. Uh, you know, something. And I always liked working with Paul. And then I wanted to, I got inspired to do uh, a Marvel show. And I was like, okay, well, I want to do, if I'm going to do a Marvel show, there's only one person to do the Marvel show with. Aww. And so, you know, then it originally it was making mine Marvel. 
Uh, and then it became Marvel News because Making Mine Marvel, as much as I loved it, because I love, I love my that title, I love my Stanley alliterations as much as the next guy um, or more than the next person. <laughs> but, uh, you know, unfortunately, it's not the most like SEO friendly name. It's not the most searchable mm. name for a podcast. So I switched it to just be more simply uh, Marvel News. And then the reason it ended up switching to Marvel Studios News Partly because we spend the most of our time talking about the MCU. We don't spend a ton of time talking about the other Marvel stuff. We talk about it, and then we review the movies. We, I mean, I, I watched Venom, so like we, we do all that stuff. But you know, primarily we talk about Marvel Studios, but also MarvelNews.com was not available as a URL when I decided to launch my own Marvel site. But Marvel Studios News was available, so... <laughs> Decided to have the podcast title match the uh, match the URL of uh, of the website, but uh, yeah, I mean it's gone through some name uh, some name changes. It's gone through a hiatus or two, uh, but it was uh, I was so happy to be able to to bring it back because when we were on hiatus for much of uh, most of 2017, nearly all of 2017, I mean that was on my end. That was just I was super mm-hmm. busy. You're busy, man. Yeah, yeah, I was working on a show. I was traveling pretty much the entire time and you know i i missed podcasting and i missed talking about marvel with my friend paul so i just wanted Mm -hmm. to i wanted to bring it back especially with infinity war coming up i started thinking about the journey of of getting to this film and so that was where i just wanted to do the whole road to infinity war series and you know i've reorganized my life and changed a lot of things this year to make sure my schedule can accommodate uh, podcasting and, and specifically podcasting about Marvel. Like, yeah, I was doing and still hope to be doing superhero news, but, um, you know, like the, being able to bring back the Marvel audio podcast, it was just, it's been, it's been an absolute blast and I look forward to continuing it for, yeah, it's not going to take us, you know, three and a half years to get to episode 200. I'll say no. that much. No. And and we are, I have a couple things to say. The first thing to kind of follow up what you're saying here, Sean, is that, you know, we we have talked so much about the future, just like no matter what happens with, you know, with your, with jobs in the future for you know either of us, we both are having so much fun. And it's it's so easy to get together, the two of us and talk Marvel that we'll do this for a long time. So th- we're not going anywhere and we've got plans to keep it going. Yeah. And, the you know, the only one with, who could lure me away from Paul is Kevin Feige. He'd have yeah, to offer I, me a gig. <laughs> Yeah, which is fine. Which I'd be like, cool, you know. I mean, like it. I would totally understand, yeah. and I and I would be happy, and I would. Probably if he hands me up. an offer sheet with an NDA right underneath it that I have to sign and not podcast anymore, okay, fine. Uh, yeah, but that's right. not going to happen. So right. you guys don't yeah. have to worry about it anytime soon. We don't. We don't know if it's going to happen right now, but right as of right or right in the future. But right now, it's it hasn't happened yet. But and that's the thing is like we've got tons and tons of ideas for content for because Sean and I love doing the show. Period. Mm. And, you know, if, because here's the thing, people, if we didn't love to do the show, we wouldn't be on. We wouldn't, we wouldn't be doing the show. We don't do the show because it's, you know, it's, we have an obligation to like whatever. It's, it's we're not, it's like the Patreon has been a blessing to us, you know, for mm-hmm. me. But really, we love just doing the show because we know people like it. And most of all, we love doing it. And that, that overshadows everything. And it's, it's easy to get the two of us together. And I, you know, it's really easy for me. Like I said, we both live on the West Coast. So it's like, hey, like, you know, as before we came recorded today, I was eating dinner and Sean texted me. He gets, you want to record earlier? I'm, I'm just, you know, playing video games. And I'm like, I was, excuse me. I was fighting crime, crime in New York fighting City. Fighting crime in New York, New York City. Excuse I was eating, 
I was eating chicken flavored rice and watching some Monday Night Football, and I said, "Yeah, I give me like a mugging." I stopped a break in. <laughs> I halted a car chase. Yeah, so, so that this was is my, serious business. Yeah, this is what I'm saying. People, it's like it's like we it's a, this is a, a blast for us, and I'm hoping that we can keep we can grow our audience and and keep doing this. But I for we're not going to stop anytime soon. And I want to also follow up something like you talked about how you know someone said they loved our show because you know a couple people have said this to us that they love our show because we are like just you're you're listening to your friends talk about you know marvel superheroes and that's a that's a huge compliment to me because going back and i, I know Sean could probably speak for this too when i was a kid growing up comic books superheroes were so like not cool mm-hmm. i mean even batman was borderline cool but not really you know, I mean, he was cool for every time. Every time a movie would come out, it would be cool. But as obviously '89 and Returns, and then Forever, as the movies got on, he got less cool because of the context of what was coming out and whatever. I mean, and of course, I've, growing, up, I felt like I was the only one watching Batman the animated series. Yes, yes, and and that's exactly my point. Is I felt so alienated as a, you know, as a child loving what i loved i didn't care a lot i still went to the comic store every week and spent all every you know dollar on my, of my allowance on comic books because i loved comic books and superheroes and i knew like you know the, in elementary school and especially in middle school as i got older like girls weren't gonna like that stuff i was out you know, at that time it was like you know so lame i got ridiculed for loving star wars and and reading and having marvel comics and you know, and and one of the things that you, or one of the things you just brought up to is like you felt like the only one. There's kids in my class, or in my school, that knew comics, but no one knew comics like I did. And I'm, I'm not trying to act like I'm arrogant, but they didn't love it as much as I did. And that's what I mean. Like I, mm. I don't. My knowledge is always going to be subjective. To, someone's always going to know more than me. Someone's always going to know facts and stupid things more than me. I, I'm just not. I just not me. I'm not going to devour every single thing I can just to say I'm the best because I'm not. I'm never going to be that person. There's always that there's always going to be someone better than you when it comes to that kind of stuff. That's fine. But no one felt like matched the love of comics. to me, And I know that for a fact. I I know that because I every time I find someone, I thought I'd find a kindred spirit that was like me, but they just didn't love it quite as much as me where I could talk about it literally Mm -hmm. for hours and for people who podcast with me know I could talk about this for hours. So it's special. And, and this is one of the things that one of the things that I think is so special about podcasting. And this is why I say we have no I have no intentions of stopping because this is what I love to do. I've loved to do this since I was a kid. I mean, I could talk about anything for two hours, but I love talking about Star Wars. I love talking about Marvel, DC stuff. I know that might anger some people, but I love talking about this stuff because I love comic books. I love superheroes. Like those are my the things I grew up loving. And I think podcasts have, had finally given me an outlet to get that out because for years as a kid, like you said, Sean, you felt like you're the only one. I felt like I was the only one who knew about Maximum Carnage. I'd buy a wizard magazine and know that other people were writing about this. And I'd go to the, the comic book store and there'd be 35, you know, year old people buying comics and me. And, you know, and, and sadly, I, as I research comic books and, and everything more, that's, a, you know, a common problem in, in comic books because it's always tailored to an older audience. But that's the thing. As a kid, I just I felt, you know, I felt alone. I'll never forget 
um, there kind of a random uh, Paul Herman comic book store story. I remember Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale were going to be at the comic book store in Everett, Washington on uh, Hewitt. Was it? No, Colby. Colby. Everett Comics and Cards this is a plug for them. They're not paying me. I'm not even sure if anyone from Everett's going to be listening or from Washington. But and uh, Everett Comics and Cards had a uh, sign in, a sign in, sign in thing, whatever, for Jeff Loeb and uh, Tim Sale. And I remember it was Tim Sale because, or maybe it wasn't Tim Sale. I'm pretty sure it was him though. Um, I remember it was in the early, I want to say 94, 95 around there, and I'm pretty sure I think Tim Sale worked on Death Blow for Image. And and him and him and uh, Tim Sale, Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale worked on Death Blow. I, I'm pretty sure. And I'll never forget walking in, and it was just me, Tim Sale. <laughs> I didn't even know him that well. I knew Jeff Loeb wrote. Uh, he wrote uh, Cable. Mm. I knew that. I knew that much. An X Force. And I didn't. Even, I, I did. I almost. I, and I forgot that they were going to be in the store at that time. And I'll never forget walking in, being like, "Oh yeah, hey!" And they're like, oh, "Hi!" Like they thought I was there for them, and or something like that. And I was like, "Oh, okay." And I remember asking him, uh, "Who's Mr. Tolliver?" Because Mr. T- <laughs> Mr. Tolliver was a villain in the X Force and Cable comics. He was, "Oh, that's Cable's son." I'm like, "Okay, cool." <laughs> and and I remember like looking at comics, and they both walked up behind me, and I I was like. You like Savage Dragon? Because I was really into Savage Dragon with Eric Larson. And Jeff Loeb's like, oh, yeah, I love Eric Larson. And I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> I had no idea what to talk about. So, you know, it's just funny because Jeff Loeb now is like in you know, a big wig in Marvel Studios. And, and, obviously, and Marvel obviously, Television. You know, yeah, Marvel Television. Studio, whatever. Same difference Um, at this point. Um, But yeah. Actually it's not just, at this point. <laughs> Well, it, aren't, they, aren't they associated? Aren't, aren't, didn't he bring in the studio? Or, or I'm thinking of the... I'm sorry. We're going to talk about it in a few minutes here, but, but yes, okay. So, but Jeff Loeb being a prominent in the Marvel system, and he didn't write comics anymore, but great writer. I love Jeff Loeb's stuff, and but just he, like he you wrote know, my favorite here's Batman book. Yeah, but I walked into that store. No one was there. I was by myself. Like my mm-hmm. mom dropped me off. I walked in, and and you know, the reason I bring up that bring up that side story is I was by myself. You know, no one knew the comic book characters. No one knew the storylines. You know, and I, it wasn't like I was buying like the same book every week I, because of how ADD I was and how, you know, money was tight. I would, you know, my main books I bought were Spider-Man and X-Men Wolverine comic books, but I would switch up and buy Cap, Colt, Iron Man, a lot of Fantastic Four, switch the image books a lot, a lot of times, a lot of Savage Dragon, like as I said, but I just never felt like anyone could match me for my love and as like my passion to want to read comic books. And every time I would, and I think they'd like comic books a little bit, they wouldn't be they're like, Oh, I don't, re- I don't really read well, comics. What would happen is there would be a time limit for everybody. Like besides me. And, I, and again, Great I'm point. like, like Paul, point. I'm not saying this to say like, I'm the bigger fan than they were or whatever. Just as far as my own experience of finding people to relate to and talk about this stuff with and enjoy it yes. with and everything else. Um, you know, I didn't have. I only have one sibling. I have one older brother. He was done with superheroes probably by the time I became aware of them. Like he was over it and onto sports and whatever else. Like he was he was done with it. So, you know, I mean, my I I honestly don't know. Like my Marvel memories date back to before I can actually remember anything. Um, you know, when I when I was a kid, I do not remember this, but this story has famously been told many times by my mother to embarrass me. Um, 
So, like, I mean, I I don't know how I found Marvel first. I'm guessing it was animation because I did have a video, and I remember watching it several times, but I guess I don't remember the first few rounds when I became obsessed with it. It was an episode of the 80s Hulk cartoon, came in a puffy VHS case and everything, called When Monsters Meet, and it was the Hulk versus the Hunchback of Notre Dame. Puffy case, by the way. Wow. Yeah, legit. Oh, man. They yeah, didn't put no. out many in the in the puffy cases, though. Like, then they just That's switched true. to the standard, you know, cardboard VHS tapes. Uh, but, yeah, like, Hulk was my in for Marvel. Because uh, those were the two comics I collected most consistently growing up was Batman from DC and Hulk from Marvel. And then usually I'd always mix in some other stuff. And most of the time when I was mixing in, I was mixing in more Marvel than I was DC uh, growing up. And part of that was just because... I knew more Marvel characters because for a long stretch of time, like there was Batman and Superman and there wasn't really much else in DC to really grab my attention. Cause usually I would get introduced to characters through like another medium. That would be another way I would discover, you know, what other characters were out there uh, or just picking up the comics and being like, Oh, so Hulk battles, this guy, the thing that looks cool. What book is he from? Fantastic four. Okay. I'm going to buy some of those. Like it would be that kind of thing. But the story though, is from this episode from when monsters meet, so like I can I actually showed this up because uh, my mom told this story to my wife. Uh, I had to like okay like I'm gonna find this video I'm gonna find this episode on YouTube and I'm gonna play it for you. And as I played it for her, I knew every line from that damn episode, and I hadn't seen it in like 30 years. Like I knew every line word for word of that episode. Like I was singing along to a freaking song. Uh, I might as well have been tapping my toe. I totally had the rhythm down for it, but. What was more famously embarrassing is I was probably like, I don't know, three years old at the time. And I guess I embarrassed the crap out of my mom and dad. So I guess they get me back by telling the story is I would be stomping. They'd be we'd be in the mall and I'd be stomping through the mall because one line after Quasimodo kidnaps Betty Ross, Hulk takes off after him saying, nobody hurt Betty, Hulk, get her back. And I would (laughs) stomp and yell as a three year old imitating doing my best Hulk impression. And, like, that was it. You know, from that point on, I've just always been into comics and superheroes. And, obviously, Batman was a huge part of it as well. Um, And then growing up, like, I would always find friends who would be into that stuff. But then, like, they would lose interest eventually, and I wouldn't. So, you know, I'd have a friend who, you know, like, when the X-Men cartoon hit, a bunch of kids would be were into X-Men. But they stayed into it for, like, five minutes. And then they were on to other things. I didn't move on. Like, I was still there. And then, like, when the Marvel trading cards came out, those became a big thing. So even the kids who weren't reading comics like I was, kids were collecting them. There was, you know, a couple of the Marvel sets that had, like, the stats on the back of what everybody's power levels were, and those were awesome, and people were into that. And the Marvel Masterpieces came out, and people were way into that. And so I'd have the whole set, and you know, and I'd have friends, and then we'd be talking about it. But then, like, you know, it would just be this quick little fad for them, and then they would move on. And it would be a different kid, you know, like... It would be one kid who was into the X-Men thing when that hit, and then they'd be over it. And then I'd find somebody else who would get into the Marvel trading cards, but then they would get over it. And I just don't get over this stuff. Like, I, I stay in it. Yes. Um, and then, That's a great point. So, yeah, it's not that, there, you know, I could never have conversations with people about this stuff. And, you know, I was just a lonely kid all the time. It wasn't like that. Uh, but it was just there was nobody who not only was as passionate as I, as I was at the at any one given time, but then maintained that level of passion and continued to want to talk about this stuff, I would almost, I would have to shift from like one person to another as I was growing up. But then obviously, you know, you, 
you grow up, you change, you change different schools and stuff like that. And then I'd always have to try and find somebody else who was into this stuff. And it was always really, really difficult. So then when we started doing like message boards and all that kind of stuff, I was like, oh, wow, there actually are more people who are into this kind of stuff. But it's still not the same. I mean, chatting with people on message boards, it's great. But then when I started actually podcasting and, and talking with people, um, and even with the people that aren't on the shows, you know, like when people send in questions, you know, when I do the Q&A every week, like I feel like I know those people a little bit because I see a lot mm -hmm. of the same names sending in questions. And it would be, you know, a similar effect when we do Q&A shows on Modern Myth Media. Like the, I know I have, you know, there's a regular group of people who've been around for a while or even if they haven't been around for that long, but they've, you know, they, they're part of that conversation. And so like, that's the thing that, that I love most about this is I'm just chatting with friends about stuff that I think is really awesome. And that I just, I never get tired of talking about, obviously, like I do not yeah. get tired about, I do not tire of this. Like I, it's just, that's just how much I love it. Like I am consumed by it on a daily basis, on an hourly basis, on a minutely basis. That's not a word. But like, <laughs> like you know, I'm I'm all about this stuff. You know, there's not a day that goes by. There's not an other than like when I'm sleeping, there's not an hour that goes by when I'm not thinking about Marvel in some way, shape or form. And I'm also thinking about the other stuff too, DC and, and Star Wars. But, you know, with Marvel, like I, it's been so much fun. And, and we talked about this you know, uh, a few episodes ago, or actually not a few months ago now, but, you know, we talked about toxicity and fandom, and it's something that I've uh, experienced, as we all have, but, you know, the part of the reason that make part of what makes this show so fun is that, by and large, I mean, the Marvel fandom has been a pretty positive place to be. Uh, I don't know why that is compared to, you know, what some of the issues we've seen in recent years with Star Wars and with DC, but uh, I've been really enjoying it. But even if that stuff was out there, I'm not going to let it drag me down or corrupt the experience that that we're having here because as i said i mean this is these are the kinds of conversations and maybe that's why i can't shut up now like this ramble included is that i my whole life i wanted to have these conversations like my yeah. whole life before i even had great marvel movies to talk about i wanted to have these mm -hmm. conversations about the comic i just read or the animated show i just watched or whatever it was and there was nobody to really talk about that stuff with because there was nobody who wanted to have that conversation. Exactly. And if they did, they sure as shit didn't want to have that conversation for as long as I did. So <laughs> they were ready to move on to things, as most people would. There's nothing wrong with that. In fact, there's probably something wrong with me for not wanting to move on. But like, I just I love to talk about the things that I love and mm -hmm. Marvel for my whole life. For you know, it predates my own memory. As my mom loves to point out, uh, you know, like I have, uh, you know, I just I have a love for these characters. I have a love for the, these uh, I have a love for these stories. Yeah. And I think you said it best that, you know, it's like I said, you know, the, the people I was friends with, you know, they all liked comics, but they just didn't like them as much as me because they weren't buying them on, their, on a regular basis. I was the only person I knew in my class, in my school that bought comics as much in, in what it was devoted to buying comics as much as I did. And like, like I said, nothing wrong with that. I just, I had no one to relate to at that point because I loved comic books so much. Like no one was reading wizard magazine, but me. Oh, it man. felt, I mean, wizard. I mean, yeah. And maybe they were, I don't know, but like I was buying wizard. I was, 
I was reading comics, you know, I, I, I for basically from uh, the late 80s to basically the mid late 90s, I was buying comic books. I, you yeah, know, mid- I, I didn't buy Wizard every month just because Wizard was kind of expensive. Oh, it was expensive. So it was. like, you know, Wizard would be like a treat <laughs> when I no, got. Yes, me an, too. An issue of that, you know, because I was grocery not, store. Yeah, I was not getting Wizard on a monthly basis. Like, no. I, way. I, I, yeah, I would go to the grocery store because because here's the thing I would do. I would say I had a set allowance, right? Uh-huh. Which would be like that's my spending money. But then I know if we went out somewhere, I could be like, oh, can you guys get me this? And I could probably convince my mom to buy it for me because like just like, oh, yeah, sure. Just throw it in there because mm-hmm. like, it's just another five or three, four bucks, like whatever, yeah. right? So we go to the grocery store and I, I, I so I, I realized I could do that and not spend my, my money on my own allowance money on Wizard because I could go to the grocery store yeah. and have mom pay for it. So I'd always grab me, oh, mom, can we well, just put it in there? And she, and then she'd go, you probably should really be spending your allowance money on this if you hadn't already spent it. Like, you know, trying to like get back <laughs> at me, but she was just, you know, whatever. Like, and she'd be kind of serious, but kind of not. And yeah. then this whatever, but I would just like devour the magazine. You know, like I, in fact, half serious, hope it gets through, but not, but I kind of yeah, know it exactly, won't. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. In fact, in fact, I was just talking to our, our buds about this, but uh, I, I said that my first introduction to the Watchmen was through Wizard Magazine. Mm. And so, like, I got to learn so about so many different comic book series through Wizard Magazine. Like, there was, you know, that's how I figured out who the writers were and, like, what they mm-hmm. were worked on. That's how I first knew about Mark Wade and the Flash run that I always, I never got a chance to read because I wasn't really a DC guy. So Wizard was like kind of my gateway in there. But, you know, Wizard Magazine was basically like my best friend. It was basically like, you know, for people who don't have a lot of friends to talk to stuff with or they listen to podcasts, like listen to us talk about it. That was my podcast in the day, back in the day was Wizard Magazine mm-hmm. because all these, I could go and read all these articles and, and, and just analyze and read and, see so many different things that, you know, that I could, you know, just finally get people that I, or get Felix, I could, I was not alone. Well, it was, it was a great way to, it was also a really cool way. Cause again, like you can't buy every comic book when you're a kid, you don't have your own money. Like I can't buy every comic book now and I'm grown up, but like, uh, <laughs> you know, unless I want to like reorganize the rest of my purchase priorities. But like, um, I like what was great about wizard. It was kind of allowed me to sometimes keep up or check in on things that I hadn't been reading. And so sometimes like it would, that information would be enough. Sometimes it'd be like, okay, well now I need to go read that book. Um, but it was cool about that. And plus wizard magazine in the 1990s, that was our superhero movie genre because they would do the fantasy castings. Mm -hmm. uh, Like, so they'd cast like the Hulk movie, the X-Men movie, and it was all the stuff. And you'd see all these actors, of course, all the, you know, the most popular actors of the day being cast in these things. And which is actually not the way these movies get cast now for the most part. Um, But yeah, it would be all about that. And and that was kind of the dream of getting this to the next level. I mean, obviously, I'd love superheroes already in comics and in animation, but I loved the Batman movies. I loved the Superman movies. And it was always this thing of, oh, man, like, when, you know, when's it going to be the time for Marvel characters to get these movies and for a lot of other DC characters to get their own movies like Batman was getting movies and Superman. But I was aware at the time, like, because uh, you know, the 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 big like VFX movie I think of my generation was Jurassic Park because it was like you know it was a huge leap forward when that movie came out uh, not just having obviously you know the dinosaurs that were practical but they had you know there was a lot of CG elements in the in the film 
And so learning more about visual effects and then kind of understanding like, oh, well, that's why we're not getting these movies right now is they're actually not possible to do mm-hmm. and, and have them look as good as they need to look. And I won't go through the whole history of the genre with like Blade and then X-Men and Spider-Man. We've talked about a lot of that stuff, uh, a lot of that stuff before, but that was my, you know, that was kind of the superhero movie fix at, at the time was, you know, besides reading comics and watching animated shows, it was the fantasy casting in Wizard. But like I said, I mean, Wizard was kind of a treat uh, yep. because, I mean, comics, it was no problem getting like a comic book, you know, from the spinner rack added to whatever stack of books, you know, my mom or dad were buying at Walden Books or at the grocery store or whatever. Walden Books. It was always Woo! easy to get a couple comic books, you know, tossed in. But Wizard yep. is like, oh, four ninety nine. what? <laughs> like, yep. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I would always look because, you know, uh, Wizard would be wrapped. Uh, but, yes. but if you go to the bookstore, every once in a while you find that some bold hero unwrapped it. <laughs> <laughs> bold hero. <laughs> True. Uh, actually, thief. But uh, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still uh, the, the, the but, hey, I, I, I didn't but... unwrap it, and now it's here, um, and I'm a kid, and I don't have my own money. So I'm going to go ahead, and I'm going to grab this off the shelf, and like I'm going to flip through this. Um, so yeah, like Wizard was just awesome and that whole but to your point though like that was the that was almost like the time you got to have a little bit of a a conversation or you know what i i would always read is like i would read the letters columns in the back yes yes um, which i actually don't read now because now i (laughs) i don't have to like now i can have the actual conversations with the the fellow Mm -hmm. fans that i know um or find new people i don't know and, and start having a and spark up a conversation but uh, yeah, I would read those. And be like, oh, what did they? What have they been thinking of this book? You know. And then if mm-hmm. like they were trashing it, then I get all mad. But you know, like, uh, <laughs> but yeah, like that would be that was kind of the whole uh, the whole experience and like the evolution of my Marvel fandom, uh, which I think people like you know a lot of people underestimated my Marvel fandom in the early going because again I came from a DC site, so I get it. I had only been writing and talking about DC, but that's because I was literally on a site called Batman on Film. Uh, but when I finally got to expand and really talk about other stuff, I mean, I've just, I've absolutely loved it. Um, and not, you know, superheroes, it's not a Marvel or DC thing, just superheroes in general. Those are like my first love, my top fandom, my top, uh, my top passion. So, you know, and then Star Wars is like right behind those guys, but it is behind Star Wars isn't on the same level as superheroes for me. Uh, superheroes have always just been my top thing. Something about those characters and those stories have just have always uh, spoken to me. And so now I like to speak about them. And obviously I have been speaking about them for, well, 10 years now, if you go back to the Batman on film days, so it's over 10 years of podcasting for me now, as of, you know, a couple months ago. So, um, uh, but then, yeah, we've been going uh, for a few years now on, on the Marvel show and, and certainly, certainly no plans to stop. Amen to them. Pending, pending a call from Feige. So pending that call from Feige. Yes. And, you know, I know those episodes. We are, we're going to talk about something here in a second, people. Yep. But, but the, for me, my closing thoughts as, as we're wrapping up. I'm assuming here, Sean. Um, you know, it's like I said, it's been amazing. Thank you to everyone to supported us and listens to the shows. You know, and I really appreciate it. I know it's like I said. I, I go back and, and think that you know, Sean said I, I do enthusiasm well, but Sean does really well thought you know, analytics or analyzing, I should say way better than I'll ever do. And, you know, I really appreciate, 
his dedication and his you know his uh his love for the for the for the characters the mediums and which is you know it's it's hard to find all those things together and sean is that total package and he's awesome and like i said a podcast wouldn't be possible without him he does all the work and you know thank you sean for having me on the show it's it's an honor so we're just uh here's to another 100 episodes huh yeah absolutely um and yeah i mean I've already said enough nice things about Paul, so I've yeah, reached, you don't need to say anymore. I've reached my quota for the show. <laughs> <laughs> I've maxed out. Um, but no, like I, you know, I do have to say a, a big, big thank you to Paul. Uh, but obviously, but it's also a thank you to John and Chris and Justin and Josh and Jen and Katie and Antoinette. Although she wasn't on the shows I did, but she was part of that, you know, group when she was doing shows with Justin and and John. And so like, you know, we've had this group of people and you know, I think Brad, I hope I didn't forget to mention Brad, but there's Brad's name again if I already mentioned it. Uh but yeah, I mean, it's just been a it's been such a nice and fun journey doing podcasting with all of them. And I and I include them in this because it's been awesome to, you know, like the this Marvel show doesn't happen without Modern Myth Media and then even going back to stuff with Batman on film. So it's just been really it's been really fun. But it's also a big thank you to everybody who listens to this show and and the people who whether you found me and Paul through this show or you found us through Modern Myth Media or you've been around since the Batman on film days. Uh, the truth is, I mean, it's not to discount any of you. We would try to, we would probably do this show anyway if like two of you listened, but it's a lot, it's a lot more than, because we love doing it. Um, but actually now we probably wouldn't be doing, we probably wouldn't bother recording if only two of you were listening. That's a good point. But it's worth recording, uh, because there are so many of you who also like to have these conversations. And even though most of the time I know you're just listening in the car or at the gym or wherever and you're talking back and, and we don't always get the chance to hear you. I know if we do when we do Q and A's then then we get a chance to hear from you. But uh, you know, your your passion, your enthusiasm for this stuff is what fuels us and also the the fact that again you tune in to listen. It is it, it is so ridiculously flattering to think. Uh and it also kinda of, and also humbling, but it's just crazy to think that all this stuff, all these conversations that I've always wanted to have throughout my life, just to connect with people through this thing that I love, that there are other people like who want to listen to those conversations and want to follow along with those conversations and be part of it in any way that they can. That's just a really, really special feeling, and I'm forever, uh, forever grateful for it. And for the people who are, you know, and for the people who support the show on the Patreon, thank you so much. I mean, it's crazy that, you know, I didn't know when we launched the Patreon, I was like, oh man, like, you know, there's going to be like two people who sign up, but we have close to like 200 patrons now. And it's just really amazing, amazing, uh, you know, the support that, that people have given us and then to give back through the exclusive content and then for people to be enjoying that. I mean, it's, it makes me so happy. I, I can't believe that there are people who want to listen to me talk about Marvel every day of the week. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, I do the Daily Bugle Monday through Friday, two Q&A shows. And, you know, the second Q&A show usually goes up on Saturdays. So really Sunday is like the only day of the week where you don't usually get something of me talking about Marvel. And so the fact that people want to hear me talk about Marvel that much, it's uh, I 
I can't say I'm not uh, flattered, but <laughs> like I really do. I, I am happy that people enjoy the show or entertained by it and uh, just enjoy having, like I said, these conversations that I've wanted to have my whole life. Now, here's a conversation that I didn't need to have for my whole life, but for the past, I don't know, few days since we mm-hmm. learned of it, uh, we are going to get a little bit of news here in this show before we get out of here. Uh, we found, we've already heard about Marvel Studios doing limited series for the Disney streaming service. We've heard previously that it was going to be that Loki and then Scarlet Witch would have their shows. Uh, and then Kevin Feige has actually now confirmed, he hasn't confirmed any specific characters or shows, but he has now publicly confirmed that Marvel Studios is producing content for the streaming service and it is going to be longer form, nar- longer form narrative, which is exactly what we've heard about for these limited series that are going to be six to eight episodes. Uh, but we also learned via a report last week that Falcon and Bucky could be having their own team-up show together. So uh, when I started thinking about the Disney streaming service um, and then doing limited series or whatever, I always thought like a Falcon and Bucky team-up kind of made sense uh, because those two characters, I really enjoy their rivalry as the two best friends of Steve Rogers. And I always wanted to see more of that. And so I think this, an idea, the idea for me of like a limited series, uh, you know, or to me anyway, the idea of a limited series starring those two characters with Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan. Uh, I, it's just going to be so much fun. And it's so ridiculous that we're going to have this kind of content on the Disney streaming service. I just want to sign up for the damn thing already. Yeah, that it's funny because the Loki miniseries was interesting. The, that got announced the Scarlet Witch miniseries. The Loki one, I feel like could be really cool because you can go to Asgard and, and really go deep in that mythology. Scarlet Witch isn't my favorite character, and I don't know what you could do with that because she's such a complicated character. Unless Vision's there too, the like kind of a team up kind of a thing, hmm. which I, I wouldn't complain about it necessarily. But you know, which is also interesting because you'd almost think that like a, a Black Widow mini a mini series would be better than actual film because you get like more you know more time to develop and and just I just whatever you know, but. That being said, this Captain Falcon series, holy moly, that was a that I was shocked. I was straight up. Well, it's not Captain Falcon. It's Winter oh, Soldier. Me, I'm sorry, Winter Soldier. Excuse I mean, me. One Soldier. of them might be Cap by then. No, yeah, no. we'll see. And see, and that's and that the first thing that I said, a friend of mine texted to me, and I told her, "This is this does not bode well for Cap." <laughs> <laughs> In Avengers Four, yeah, I mean, it, it does, but it bodes it, very well for Sam and Bucky. Oh, it bodes extremely well for Sam and Bucky because yeah. I've been thinking that there was a chance, not the most likely scenario, but I've been worried about the whole like with you till the end of the line thing, mm-hmm. like, as uh, for Steve and Bucky to both go that we see them mm-hmm. with each other till the end of the line against Thanos in Avengers Four. So this tells me Bucky survives because it can't really be a prequel because. Even if you go between for the two years between uh, Civil War and Infinity War, Bucky's in Wakanda, and he's on ice most of that time. So you can't really have a show about the two of them that takes place pre-Infinity War. It's got to be a show that ha- or even or pre-Civil War either. So it's got to be a show that happens after uh, Avengers 4. So it does mean that Sam and Bucky are going to make it out of Avengers 4 alive. Yeah, so... When I heard when I so when I read that I go holy crap and then, and also and this is not me breaking any any earth shattering ideas but 
I mean, let's be real. One of them, this could be a miniseries to lead up to one of them becoming Captain America. Like this could be them, one of them earning the right to be the next mantle of Captain America. Since both characters have in the comic books have been that bin cap. This very well could turn into that. Like this could be the precursor to a, an eventual film of the next Captain America being Sam Wilson or Bucky Barnes. And that to me is fascinating. And I think that again, it's a very, it's a very strong possibility with Kevin Feige. This, excuse me, this is where I get, I get confused. Is the TV, this TV portion of Marvel Studios? This is all, yeah. The streaming service, like this stuff, is being made by Marvel Studios, produced by Kevin Feige. This is not Jeff Loeb and Marvel Television or any of that. This is the Marvel Studios team through and through, um, mm-hmm. making these, uh, making these shows. I don't know if Marvel Television is going to get to make shows for the streaming service. We haven't heard of anything that Marvel Television is going to be adding. Uh, We've heard about Marvel Studios stuff, but we haven't heard about Marvel TV. Maybe they'll just be busy with Freeform and probably Hulu and FX when the Disney-Fox deal is done, and and probably not that much Netflix anymore. But, uh, you know, like, so they'll they'll have their stuff going on. Maybe they'll get to add stuff. They'll probably at least get to add animation for the streaming service. Maybe Studios is going to handle all of the the live-action stuff. I'm not sure. I don't know if the show will be about... I mean, it could be about one of them becoming Cap, and that would be interesting. I'm also just not convinced that we're ever going to get a Captain America who's not Steve Rogers in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I I feel like the way they're going to replace Cap is that Captain Marvel is going to be the new Cap. You know, I don't think there's sure. going to be a Captain America. I think Captain Marvel will be the Cap of the Avengers going forward. Um, but either, would- but either way, like I'm the the thing that is exciting though, and even though this doesn't bode well for Steve is imagine these two guys, like, they both lose their best friend in Avengers 4. So that gives you, like, the emotional stakes. Like, you understand, like, okay, yeah, it'll be funny because those two guys will talk shit to each other and and everybody gets that, uh, you know, and and everybody knows we're going to get the Marvel quips and all that kind of stuff. But I think there could be a really strong emotional through line for these two characters of kind of bonding. Two characters who kind of kept each other at arm's length uh, bonding because they've both lost their they've both lost their mutual best friend in Steve Rogers. Yeah, and and that's the thing is I, I I totally get like there's a lot to tell and and you could tell a very you know a, a miniseries could be doesn't have to be huge with Falcon and and Winter Soldier. The fact that these two characters you can make them pretty I want to say cheaply, but not as it's not going to be a CGI fest like other things. You can have a lot of cool things with. Falcon and, and Bucky and tell and again I'm, I'm curious like who the bad guy is going to be I mean is Baron Zemo going to show I up mean, in his costume this I time would, man if they bust Zemo out or Oof. or if Zola wasn't really killed in Winter Soldier if like he's on backed up on more databanks somewhere I'll be all about Z- like Zola or Zemo both of them why not get the Z boys yeah. out there yeah. like, get them out there Dr. Faustus Another character from oh, yeah, Captain, yeah, America. Yeah. Yeah, Captain America that hasn't been, you know, discovered yet. Hydra could come back up. There's lots of really cool um, ideas you could do with this. And that's why I think, you know, I still think with Captain America's, like, the franchise of, the franchise itself of Captain America, you could easily, like, put that on. And again, I, I agree with you. They're going to try to have Captain Marvel be that to kind of replace cap as far as that goes. But that's why I think that they still might have, you know, let's see what we can do with this. And I think they're going to hint and see, 
I don't think it's a dead. That's what they're planning on, but it could be one of those wait and see. Like, let's see what the, what this miniseries does. If this miniseries blows up. Everyone loves it. A bunch of people's eyes get on it. Then we could say, you know what? We'll have one of them be Captain America. Because I mean, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't even be surprised if one of the things was them trying to retrieve Captain America's. You know, they someone stole Captain America's shield because mm. it's vibranium. You know, and they're and they're trying to find who has it. Because it's 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 one, it's their best friend's, you know, memento. Yeah. And two, it's vibranium, so it's kind of a double whammy, right? Well, the vibranium's not as much of an issue. Vibranium's plentiful now that now that uh, Wakanda is sharing. But yes, the sentimental value of the shield still uh that still holds up. Yeah. Um, so then Yeah, so but it, and I also think though that there's gonna be like the way I think the the premise of the series is gonna be like I think Samuel L. Jackson's in this series. Um you know, there were rumors a couple of weeks ago that Nick Fury was going to be either one of these series or be, uh, you know, largely involved in one of these series. Well, it makes sense when you factor in the military backgrounds of Sam and Bucky for them to fold into like S.H.I.E.L.D. or whatever organization Nick Fury is getting started in Spider-Man Far From Home. Like, it just makes sense for Fury to pop up in this series. I mean, he could pop up in several of these series like he's, like he's done in the movies, but... Uh, this might be like the primary home for uh, for Nick Fury as well. Maybe the guy who the guy who brings these two characters together to get them on a mission to go stop whomever it is they've they've got to stop. So I think that'd be a great idea to have Sam Jackson as Nick Fury in the show. I, I don't know if I think Sam Jackson Nick Fury could handle his own show. Don't get me wrong, but I I just think it'd be more interesting to, you know to incorporate characters like Falcon and Winter Soldier into the series. He's more interesting when there's somebody he can give shit to. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And so, yeah. So I, I think that there's, there's going to maybe, again, maybe we'll have shield rise from the ashes even more than we have agents of shield. And we'll have, you know, Falcon and winter soldier be a part of it because at that point, who knows if the Avengers will even be around and maybe, maybe the, uh, mini series will be also revolve around them getting other heroes for a new team of of Avengers. Who knows? I mean, yeah. I it's mean, or we could have Avengers and West Coast Avengers and Defenders and like we could have different teams. I mean, a different Defenders obviously than the Netflix guys, but like we could have right. you know different teams in the Marvel Cinematic Universe like we have in uh, in Marvel Comics. Uh, one more thing I want to make sure we talk about at least briefly is that. Uh, the report about the of Sam and Bucky getting their show together came from Variety, but when Slash Film covered it, they also mentioned that Vision is going to have a large, or that they've been hearing that Vision is going to have at least a large supporting role in the Scarlet Witch show, and that the show might actually be a Vision and Scarlet Witch couple show as opposed to just a Scarlet Witch show or a Scarlet Witch show with Vision. I'm actually more on board for a Vision and Scarlet Witch show. Uh, and it's yeah. not it's not so much about Scarlet Witch not being able to handle or carry her own her own show. I think that she could. I also think that Vision could handle and carry his own show. But the most interesting thing I think with the two of those characters is to bring them together, because I go back to uh, you know that Vision comic from a couple years ago, which I know would be completely different from this because he's not going to like build his own android family. Uh, because he's going to have Scarlet Witch there, but that Vision and Scarlet Witch relationship has always been so interesting in uh, in the comics, 
And then we've seen some other stuff with Vision and like just that idea of a domestic life for those two characters. And then also getting into their superhero stuff. Like there's just something about that that seems fun. And we've seen little teases of that in Civil War and in Infinity War. So now to actually go ahead and explore that relationship, it would be really fun. And and this is another show that I would expect to take place after Avengers 4, so I do think this means Vision is going to get to come back in some way, shape, or form. But even if he can't, we know that there was two years between Civil War and Infinity War where they were a couple, uh, and they were exploring that, so that could certainly be a time uh, that they could... This one still could potentially be a a uh, pre-Avengers or pre-Infinity War prequel, though, again, my my best guess, though, is that it's going to happen after, but... Uh, a Vision and Scarlet Witch series sounds like a lot of fun to me. Or if it's still a Scarlet Witch show, giving Vision a big supporting role makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I, I think Vision is... I've come around completely on the Vision. I was not sold on him in, in Avengers Age of Ultron um, but at first. But now I've, I've bought into the character. I love the character now. And I love Paul Bettany playing him. And I think he's a... And I, I, w- I hope they would take elements from... Tom King's amazing mm-hmm. Vision comic book. That comic book is so good. Some of the best Marvel comics ever made might be that Vision series. It's oh, so yeah. good. Um, I mean, obviously, you're not going to have the same because he makes his own family. But um, I would kill for some elements of that to kind of go into. Like maybe he may, maybe he doesn't make his own family, but maybe he makes his kids. You know, something like that. That'd be amazing to have Scarlet Witch well, replace. Both Scarlet Witch and Vision have made their own kids in the comics at different points. Well, in time. <laughs> yeah, but they're, I don't know. See, this it, is, that's way too complicated. This is where the MCU like can can do Scarlet Witch a solid here and do a lot better for her than I think the comics have done. I don't think the Amen. comics have really done Scarlet Witch a lot of favors. Um, well, yeah, they keep retconning. And, yeah, the do, most interesting yeah. thing that's ever happened to her is that she went crazy because she found out that the children that she had were actually children that she imagined. Like, you know, and then also she killed all the mutants once. Like, there's just not, you know, they haven't, that character, there's so much more that could be done with her in the MCU. I think the MCU has a lot of, that's one of those characters, you know, we've talked about this multiple times on the show throughout the past a hundred episodes or 99 going into this one. Like the idea that the way the MCU has been able to elevate certain characters and actually take them beyond, you know, a step beyond what was there in the source material. And I think Scarlet Witch is, is one of those characters. She just needs more time because every movie that we've seen her in, she's always been part of a much bigger ensemble. So there hasn't been as much time uh, to be dedicated to her, but obviously with a six to eight hour miniseries, even if she's sharing it with Vision, we'll get plenty more insight into this character, and I think she'll be allowed to become a much more interesting character uh, going forward, and and probably a chance to be a much better and stronger and more engaging character than we ever saw in the comics. I think that's possible for her, and I think the audience is ready for it, especially with the way she came in so powerfully in the big battle scene in Wakanda in Avengers Infinity War. Like, I think people are going to be on board for it. They're just waiting for more reasons to love this character. And if you have six to eight hours of story to do that, then you're going to be able to give the audience plenty of reasons to uh, to love Scarlet Witch. But I think, Paul, we're going to go ahead and wrap up yep. episode 100 here. So we are going to do a Patreon credit scene. We're going to be finishing up talking about Daredevil Season 3 because we talked... A little bit about it uh, on our last Patreon credit scene, but I hadn't finished the season. I have since then, 
So we're going to finish up our Daredevil Season 3 spoiler talk over at patreon.com slash Marvel Studios News where you can get the Patreon credit scenes. Uh, and then we've also got plenty of other stuff coming up, our Marvel Unlimited Book Club, lots more exclusives over at, as I said, patreon.com slash Marvel Studios News. But make sure you find us every day, marvelstudiosnews.com, Facebook and Instagram at Marvel Studios News, and on Twitter at Marvel Newscast. Paul, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Herman22 with two ends. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mr. Sean Gerber. Sean spelled S-E-A-N. So for Paul, I'm Sean. Thank you so much for the past 100 episodes. We'll see you for 101. <laughs>